0: Why do functional programmers like to represent things as data? Hi, my name is Eric Normand, and these are my thoughts on functional programming. So this is one of those thoughts that I'm not quite sure about. Um, mostly, I'm not sure about the explanation that I'm that I'm able to give. I. I'm sure that from my experience, this is true. I just don't. I feel like I'm making leaps that are not justified uh, when I'm trying to explain it more rationally. So, if you have an idea about how I could explain this better, uh, or even just nitpick on my on my explanation, uh, so I can get better at it, ask questions, etc. Okay, so here it goes. I'm going to try it anyway and we'll see. Alright, so one of the biggest problems in software is complexity. That we have these really big, complex systems and we can't understand them, at least not all at once, because they're too complicated. And so we have to break it up in small pieces, or we could try to reduce the complexity. We've already talked about essential complexity versus accidental complexity. I'm just talking about complexity in general right now. Okay, so one source of complexity is uh, branches. Every conditional you have in your program means at least two branches and those two branches will um, multiply the number of code paths that you have in your program. And this is a traditional uh, or classical uh, way to measure complexity. is called cyclometric complexity. It's where you measure the number of code paths that your program could go through. And again, it's all about not knowing what's the next thing that's going to happen because you have a conditional. It could be this branch, it could be that branch. You don't know. And it's just hard to keep in your head. I mean, just imagine a program with a hundred lines but no conditionals. So just do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, versus a hundred lines but do this. But then if this is true, then do that. But otherwise, do this. It just starts to get harder to understand just because the branches are there so what functional programming does in one way that it tries to reduce complexity is by eliminating branches and it, and we do that by modeling things as data now this is this is where the explanation is starting to you know it, it's starting to make some leaps the reason we like to model things as data is because data is, has a, has a well-understood structure to it, the, and it's a limited structure. Something like uh, a, a function, a pure function, inside it could have branches, it could have a ton of stuff. It's Turing complete. It could calculate anything. Whereas if you have a piece of data, there's only certain things you can, certain cases that it can have. For example, an array is going to have an empty case, it's going to have a singular case, and it's going to have a plural case. You know, if you want to divide it up that way, that there's there's always um, there's a certain just a certain number of cases, and the and the plural case is kind of like, you know. Two or more, but you could you could see how it's different from the singular case. Anyway, there's an you could have an infinite number of things in that array, but we we tend to think of it in those terms. Uh, And there's a lot of other structure to it. For instance, the zero index is the first thing. There's no negatives, right? There's and then there's a limit. However big that array is, there's a maximum index. They're all integers. So these are all structural constraints that the data structures that we use have. And it's those constraints that drastically simplify our implementations. If your, if your implementation uses an array, there's only certain stuff you can do with it. Now, this is in addition to all of its other benefits: that it's serializable, that uh, and deserializable, de- of course. That it's also often got a literal representation, so you could include it right in your program. Um, that you could store it in a database, right? If you had a, a database that had the similar structure, you could do that. This is something else. This is saying it's much more constrained and so it reduces the complexity everything you can move from a Turing complete function into a highly constrained data structure is going to simplify your code now there's there's another benefit to data which is that it's op- it's not opaque a function is opaque so when you have a function, sure as a, as a human you can read the code that generated that function and you can understand it to a certain extent. But when you have when you are past a function, let's say you, you you know let's anthropomorphize, you are a function and you get past a function as an argument. the only thing you can do to that function is call it. There's no way to understand what it's going to do. Besides just doing it, and that's different from data. Data typically has uh, a sort of an API, right? Like a hash map. You can ask, "What are all your keys? What are all your values? Give me all your keys and values um, in the sequence." Um, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do and you know add stuff to the hashmap remove stuff you know it has its own uh, API but it's a well-known well-understood API that is limited but but gives you properties that you want to be able to take advantage of Whereas a function the nice thing about it is all you can do is run it but the downside is you don't know what it's going to do until you run it right Okay, so that means that you can have a piece of data that is interpreted in different ways. Right? This is sort of the, the value of, of a database. It's like you store all these bits of data in there and then you can query them in different ways that you hadn't really planned for before. It gives you a huge amount of flexibility. Okay, so I, I do want to focus mostly on this complexity argument that the, the main reason we do it is because it's less complex. And just thinking of the branches, that's, that is my best, my best explanation that I've managed of why the data representation is, is less complex. It has fewer branches. I mean, it has known branches, and so what you do is you start modeling your you start modeling your domain with data structures. You have to choose what kind of data will best represent this domain or this this domain idea, and what you can do is you can see. You can analyze that. Well, my domain needs zero or more elements or zero or more items in it. And you think, well, that sounds perfect for an array, right? And so you have this very close fit between your domain and your data representation or your domain model. So the domain and its model, you have a close fit. There's going to be complexity in your domain. We talked about that. That's called essential complexity. But that essential complexity is exactly mirrored in the array, and it has nothing else. Right? There's no accidental complexity because the domain had zero or more cases and now you're modeling that with something with zero or more cases. Now imagine you had a different scenario where you had uh, one or more cases, one or more items. Now the array can handle that, right? But it also has this extra case where it's empty that it's handling that too. So you have this danger that your data structure is a little bit more complex than your domain. So your domain model is, is like one case more complex than the domain, and so you're adding in complexity. You're adding in that accidental complexity. So you're going to have to deal with that somehow. You might deal with it with a conditional, right? You might you might when you create that array, you might say, hey, is this empty when you or whatever you're you're creating as a constructor, right? As some kind of factory. You're saying, is this array empty? If it is, then throw an exception or do something to indicate this failed. Can't do it. It's empty. It's one or more. It doesn't there There is no empty case. Or you could do something else where your constructor requires a first item before it will make the thing, before it will make the array for you. So it'll put that first item in for you and ensure that, it's there, that there's at least one. Right, so there's there's two ways to do it, but notice they both add a little complexity um, that that you ha- you know you have to add in yourself because they're trying to move the complexity from the data structure, which allows ze- the zero case, the empty case. They're trying to move it away and and make sure that that's impossible. So you're just you're shifting it around. So then that becomes like a design question of where this complexity goes, how to you know, minimize its impact on the rest of the system. But anyway, um, this, that's my explanation. I'll just summarize real briefly. We, um, sorry. Modeling stuff with data has a lot of benefits, But the main benefit is that it reduces complexity. And it does so because our data, the ways we can represent data in our languages, is constrained. Much more constrained than a Turing complete function for sure. And those constraints are what give us the the sort of material, this the grain that lets us build domain models that can have the same structure as the domain or at least very close. And the closer you get, the fewer sort of workarounds you have to do in your code to avoid those, you know, corner cases or the cases where it's a misfit. And the more of those you avoid, the less accidental complexity you have. So you're going to capture as close to just essential complexity as possible. All right. Please let me know what you think. Uh, I love getting emails from my listeners. You can email me at eric at uh, I'm also on Twitter. You can follow me. Um, I, I love to tweet out little quotes and stuff from this podcast. Uh, and so you can learn about stuff that way. Get, get your fix on Twitter. If you want love to have discussions on Twitter. Um, I'm at Eric Normand. So follow me, uh, mention me. Let's get, let's get talking. Awesome. Thanks so much. See you later.